Welcome to Warriors Off Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by Wes Goldberg, the Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News. Given the Bucks' playoff struggles, it's no surprise that Giannis' trade speculation has ramped up in recent days. Shortly before Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Semifinals Tuesday, Wes and I looked at how Milwaukee's postseason issues could buoy the Warriors' chances of landing Giannis. Wes, thank you so much for joining me back on the podcast. Just had you on last week, and we broke down what the Warriors were going to do in the draft. And uh, since then, the Bucks have struggled struggled mightily in their second-round playoff series against the Heat, and speculation has abounded, not surprisingly, about what's going to happen with Giannis's future. And it feels like uh, – you know, I'm the Warriors beat writer, but I also feel like my secondary title at this point should be Giannis beat writer just because there's so much speculation about the chances of him going to the Warriors. Um, but we always said, you know, when we've talked about this in the past, the only way the Warriors were even going to have a chance or any team other than Milwaukee was going to have a chance was if Milwaukee just completely laid an egg in the playoffs. And that is what's happening right now. Uh, they are down 3-1 to the Heat. It's it's uh, it's up in the air whether or not Giannis will, will be able to play Game Five. Um, if that's the case, you know we could be looking at a situation where the Warriors, uh, you know, where Giannis is is embarrassed by by completely laying a clunker in these playoffs and wants out. What do you what do, how what do you think his reaction is going to be, assuming the the Bucks don't pull out this series? I mean, the thing with Giannis, right, is the whole brand of Giannis is that he's the ultimate competitor. Like, he, he's sort of channeling that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Mamba mentality stuff. Like, we look back to when he, like, kind of crowned himself against LeBron James and the Lakers earlier in the season. We just, we love all of that stuff, right? And if he is the ultimate competitor, well, then he's going to want to win, right? But then you kind of liken that to the, to the guys that we like, we compare that sort of um, – personality with to like guys like Kobe and Michael Jordan and those are guys that largely played with one team for their whole career and so now you have the question does does is Giannis the kind of guy who sticks it out is, like a Damian Lillard type I guess where he just sort of sticks it out and says hey this is my team this is what I'm gonna do no matter what ride or die or hey I want to win so bad I don't care where I do and I don't care who judges me for whatever decision I make if you if if the Bucks lose in five games to Miami and by the way they lose it all to Miami. Like, it's going to be embarrassing. This is a team with title aspirations. They may not even make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And it looks like Giannis and Coach Buttonholzer's uh, philosophy both have pretty clear ceilings in a playoff setting. And so, look, I think there's things that Giannis can do and, and probably will do. He's going to continue to work on that three-point jump shot, even though I think that is uh, not quite what he needs to do. But I don't want to go down that rabbit hole yet. But, uh He's going to look around and say, look, you know, last year you you got, and you being Mike Boonholzer, got outcoached by Nick Nurse. This year, Eric Spolstra coaches circles around you in the Eastern Conference semifinals, um, and, and you didn't make any adjustments. Like, I can't win with you. And so now does Giannis become the guy who gets his coach fired? And that could be an option. I think that might be the first option. But even at that point, like, who do you go get? Who's out there? 
for you to go get? I, I don't really know who the answer is. Like, what's the clear upgrade? We've already seen so many of these guys. Like, Tom Thibodeau has been hired, right? Like, the big names have been hired. Ty Lue looks like he's on his way to Philly. Like, Steve Nash is with Brooklyn. I don't know who the guy is anymore. And so, with that in mind, if you're Giannis, do you just say, well, I guess I got to go somewhere else and maybe go find a team that's better coached? Yeah, I don't think timing is on the Bucks' side because – um, if you just think about it from Giannis's perspective, I, I do think that Budenholzer's on his way out. I think, you know, it's one thing to have the best team in the NBA during the regular season, but if you're not following through in the playoffs, if you're not, you know, raising your level of coaching when it matters most, you know, you, you don't deserve to have a long-term future with that franchise. And Budenholzer, you know, this is not the first time he's struggled against, in my opinion, better coaches in the playoffs and he's been completely outcoached by Eric Spolster who is in my opinion might be the best coach in the NBA he's right up there with Nick Nurse and Greg Popovich and some of these other guys um and so it's a it's a fascinating situation because you know he's going to be Giannis is going to be a free agent in 2021 so does he basically take the mindset of you know what uh whoever we bring in as the next coach I'm going to give him a year to prove to me that he's right. the answer and that he can elevate our level of play when it matters most in the playoffs. And, and if that doesn't work out, then I'll figure it out in free agency. Or does he decide, you know, I'm not willing to be that patient. I'm, you know, in the heart of my prime right now. Um, I don't want to start over with a new coach here. And the reality is I don't see a world where, the Bucks can really put together a better roster than they have right now uh, around Giannis. I don't, I don't know if there's like another guy they can go get to, to make this suddenly a, a bona fide championship contender. So I think for them to really break through, it's going to come down to coaching. And like you said, I don't know if there's like a coach out there that's available who's going to really excite Giannis is, is David Fisdale really going to move the needle when he's been fired twice already you know, uh, you know, some of the other guys out there, the Jeff Van Gundy's of the world, the Mark Jackson's of the world, the guys who whose names constantly come up in these conversations. I just don't see him getting excited about any of those guys. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Fisdale might be a good option, but it's not an exciting option. Stan Van Gundy's available, too. I don't know if he's ready to quite get back into things, but, um, you know, maybe. And I just look, I think what you need is just like a top flight coach. And I don't, I don't love the roster. Like we talked about the things that Giannis needs to work on. I, his, his shortcomings become so evident in the playoffs. And this is a real problem. This is not an overreaction to a one to one series. We have seen this now for years. He can't like he his when you crowd his dribble, he has a really hard time when, when he's playing in the half court and he's not just getting out in transition all, all the time. He's got difficulty finding and creating his own shot. And for some reason, everybody keeps saying, oh, he needs to shoot threes. He needs to shoot threes. But all those threes are basically catch and shoot attempts unless he's pulling up in transition. What he needs to do is learn how to shoot. Like, let's get that 16-footer going before we're talking about a three-point shot, right? Like, he doesn't even have the mid-range game. And you look, about, you look at how Kawhi offed him in the playoffs. You look, about, you look at how Jimmy Butler has outplayed him so far. It's with the mid-range shot, not the three-point shot. So let's – so let's just start there. I don't think that Giannis right now is troubleshooting for the right problem. And, and, it's, and I think you need a good coach, a coach to kind of nudge him in the right direction as opposed to like one of these Budenholzer types who just believe that efficiency numbers will save everything. I mean, we see the same thing with Houston and Mike D'Antoni. 
you know, it works for the, for the sample size that is the regular season. But in the playoffs, when a game-to-game matters and a possession-to-possession matters, you need to be able to go to that mid-range, kind of create-your-own shot type of game. And Giannis just doesn't have that in his bag. And I don't know when he's going to go get it. Um, and so I don't really know what the Bucks can do. Like, I think, you know, maybe you can argue, go, go, uh, go get Chris Paul, like trade, you know, put together like Brooke Lopez and Eric Bledsoe and George Hill and every first round pick that you can figure out and go get Chris Paul. Maybe that's an option. Um, but I, I don't really know what else is out there for them. And, uh, even if they do get Chris Paul, like, would Giannis rather go play with Steph Curry? Would he rather go play with Jimmy Butler? Would he rather go play somewhere else um, with, with a proven track record of winning? You know, that's really, I guess, the question he needs to ask himself. These guys are smart, you know, and um, I think Giannis understands that. And, uh, and he does have some options, whether it be go get, you know, uh, press, pressure the front office to go hire a new head coach or go get traded. But the other question with that, Connor, is if, you, if you're Giannis and you force a trade, you sort of end up in this Carmelo Anthony scenario where what it's going to take is going to be so much that you might end up depleting the roster you're going to, or at least certainly weakening the roster you're going to like Carmelo Anthony could have just went to the Knicks as a free agent, but he decided to do that half a year early and, and force the nuggets to trade him. And what he did was he joined a Knicks roster that was basically Carmelo Anthony and nobody else. And so if you're Giannis, do you really want to do that? Or do you just wait a year? maybe see what a new head coach can do and then enter free agency. Yeah. Um, it'll be, it'll be fascinating. Um, you know, if, if I'm him personally, I, I'm not sure I'd be willing to, to, to see what happens under a new coach. Cause I just, I don't think that that's going to change the, one of the fundamental issues, which is the makeup of the roster. And, you know, I don't think that the Bucks struggles in these playoffs should be laid at the feet of Giannis. I think uh, it comes down to the fact that they don't have shooters on their roster that really scare legitimate playoff teams. You know, like, I'm sorry, but, you know, the uh, the Eric Bledsoe's of the world and the Chris Middleton's of the world and the Brooke Lopez of the world just aren't going to strike fear into a, a team the caliber of the Miami Heat or, you know, other teams in the East that they would have to get through to get to the finals. And, you know, I thought Draymond Green, who's been filling in as a TNT analyst, uh, made a really good point about that the other day and basically said, like, until they get true shooters that are going to scare people, there's, they have no chance to, to break through and, and make and be a legitimate finals team. Yeah, and you look at a team that does have shooters that scare the living crap out of other teams, and that's the Warriors with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So, yeah, maybe if you're Giannis, you say, look, I can't wait another. I can't wait an hour, around another year. I'm ready to win a championship right now. But then again, he's only 25. Like his prime is going to be at least for another six, seven, eight years. And so I like, in a bigger sense, you can wait. But um, you know, the Warriors aren't going to have the cap space to go sign him in 2021. And that's when you have teams like Toronto and Miami, who've also popped up as, as possible landing spots, really have an advantage there. But if if you're Giannis, what you do have is that ability to dictate what your next team is because you only have one year left on your contract, much in the way we saw with Anthony Davis do with the Lakers. Like Anthony Davis was joining a team, like he forced the Lakers to trade for him and the Lakers had to deplete their youth, but they at least they still had LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. So the Warriors, if they were going to trade for Giannis, 
could would still have to deplete their roster, but they're not. But they're still going to have Steph Curry, who is like the ultimate compliment to Giannis. Right. And so, if if you're if if you're Giannis and and you just say like, look, I want I you demand a, a trade from your front office, and then you tell every other team, hey, you could trade for me, but you're only going to get one year of me, right? Like you. Can, so if you want to completely deplete your roster and give up every future asset that you have for one year of me go for it but i'm i'm signing in toronto or miami next year so just so you know and that's basically what anthony davis did he told the boston celtics according to reports that you could trade for me but i'm not going to resign there and so boston said well we're not going to give up jalen brown and every pick we have for one year of anthony davis and so anthony davis ends up on the lakers where he wanted to be Giannis can sort of do the same thing to other teams hey trade for me but just so you know i'm not signing here and um, unless, of course, the team that trades for him is the Warriors, if he wants to play for the Warriors, and he could tell the Warriors, look, you could trade for me, and I'll definitely sign an extension. And look, if that's the case, maybe all of a sudden you don't have to give up Clay Thompson or Draymond Green in that trade because the other packages around the league aren't as good. And maybe all it takes is the Andrew Wiggins salary and every first-round pick that the Warriors have. Yeah, I mean, that that that's that's an interesting point. Um, you, the thing that I'm curious about is, let's say Giannis does make it clear to Milwaukee that he wants out of Milwaukee. Does he say, "I here are three teams that that you can send me to, like you can send me to Toronto, Miami, or Golden State," or does he say, "I'm going to Golden State," or does he just pick one team? That's one thing that that really could matter because, you know, if it, if it if it's between the Warriors and Miami and Toronto, I'm not sure the Warriors can put together the best package. Um, I feel like Toronto could probably put together the best package of those three. Yeah, I think typically we have seen players who demand trades, demand trades to a list of teams. And I think actually that's best for all sides. Like the Warriors don't really want Giannis coming out and saying, hey, you could trade me, but you can only trade me to Golden State because now the Warriors are going to be investigated for tampering right? Whether or not they are or not, that's what is going to happen. And so it kind of behooves everybody to just say, Hey, you could trade me, but trade me to these teams. Like we saw Jimmy Butler do before. Like he said, you could trade me to Philadelphia or Miami. He always wanted to go to Miami, but he ended up getting traded to Philadelphia. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think that's how it would work. And Toronto probably could put the best package together. What it really comes down to what Milwaukee, how Milwaukee wants to rebuild and what they think of Pascal Siakam. Like, a lot of people are really high on Siakam, but where does he really top out at? You know, is he ever going to be a Giannis-level player? No. Is he going to be a top 10 to 12 player? Probably not. I think he's going to be, like, a really helpful player and a really good player for a long time in the NBA. But I don't know that he's the guy that you could build a team around type of guy. And then, you know, he would be helpful to to a rebuilding Milwaukee team. But who becomes the guy from Milwaukee? Like, you know... New Orleans, when they traded Anthony Davis, were able to get Zion Williamson. That was so huge for them. Um, where if if the Warriors put together a package, yes, you're kind of saddled with Andrew Wiggins, but it's not that big of a deal if you're rebuilding as Milwaukee. And and you at least, if you're the Warriors, can offer the number two pick this year and a bite at the apple next year in the form of Minnesota's top three pick. And then it becomes, by the way, unprotected a year after that. And so maybe if you're Milwaukee, you look at a couple of bites at the apple uh, as a better asset than than just getting Pascal Siakam, who again is good, but probably tops off tops out as like a top twenty to thirtieth 
20 to 30-ish player in the league and not really a superstar worth building around. We'll have more of my conversation with Wes Goldberg right after the break. So just thinking through potential trade packages here, what do you think the Warriors could realistically offer? Um, because I'm, I'm per- I personally don't think that a trade package, let's say it is a situation where he, he says, send me to one of these three teams. I don't think a trade package centered around uh, Andrew Wiggins and draft picks is going to do it. I think that they need to include a Clay Thompson or Draymond Green, probably Clay Thompson. Um, is, is, but then the question too, is like, we don't know what clay is right now. Cause he hasn't played in over, you know, over a year. I mean, the bucks will ask for clay Thompson. Um, I don't know that they get clay Thompson. They will ask for Draymond green potentially after that. I think you can then sort of create a three team trade uh, scenario. Like, look, if you're Milwaukee, do you really want Clay Thompson and Chris Middleton, and that's your team. Like, what? How good is, of a team is that going to be? Or would you rather just tear the whole thing down? I mean, obviously, you would take Clay Thompson if they're offering it to you. But the other option is you can kind of put a three-team trade together, whether it be Clay Thompson or Draymond Green coming over, and then send out player Draymond to that third team and get some more young uh, players back who, who fit more of a rebuilding model. So that's one way. But if you're the Warriors, yeah, maybe includes those guys. But I still think like. Look, you got to look at what Toronto and Miami can offer first. And look, the reason we keep bringing up these teams, these are the teams that have been linked to Giannis, right? Like uh, the, the Denver Nuggets could put together a trade package for Giannis, but is Giannis really going to resign Denver? I don't know. So uh, like Toronto, it would be Pascal Siakam and then guys like Norman Powell, um, Fred uh, Chris Boucher. Who else? Fred Van Fleet. Well, he's a free agent, so they won't even be able to offer him unless it was some sort of sign-and-trade deal. But uh, that would be really difficult for both sides to pull off. Um, and, and whatever first round picks that they have. And then Miami, they've got Tyler Hero, who looks like a, a legit player in these playoffs. But after that, like, yeah, Kendrick Nunn's been nice, but he, you know, he, he tops out as a backup guard on a good team. Um, Tung- Duncan Robinson's been really good, um, but he's not really the kind of player. Include, I think they'd have to include Jimmy Butler. As the but thing. then if you're Giannis, like, that's sort of the motivation to go there is Jimmy Butler. So why would you even resign there if Jimmy Butler's not there? Right. I don't know if, if that, if that heat team without Jimmy Butler is a surefire block to make the finals. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you're losing hero, none and Butler, you have Giannis yeah. and what else? I mean, you have Giannis no. and Stephen Robinson and, and Bam Adebayo. And Bam Adebayo, and, obviously, yes. Uh, I mean, but look, they're, they're, the, 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 the Heat aren't going to. Jimmy Butler is the recruiter, so you don't trade the recruiter for the guy that he's recruiting. Like if if Giannis goes to Miami, he's going to want to play with Jimmy Butler, and you don't you're not going to move Bam Adebayo because he's central to the reason why a good player would want to go to Miami. Hey, there's this uh, transcendent center there who can make my life so much easier, both on offense and defense, and that's sort of where like the Carmelo Anthony com- thing comes into play. Miami's best chance is not in a trade. I, I think it's going to be in free agency. So unless Giannis is basically like Miami or bust to the rest of the league, and Miami is somehow able to you know, trade the Andre Iguodala contract and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and whatever picks that they can scrounge up for Giannis, like in lieu of that happening, they can't really put a, a great trade package together. Um, 
And by the way, if that happened, the league would definitely investigate the heat for tampering because that is an absolute steal. Um, so I think it's between Toronto and Golden State as far as realistic teams that Giannis would re-sign with that could put together a good trade package. And I, I will maintain this. If, if Giannis ends up with the Warriors, I say, I, again, I will say this. He is smart enough to realize I want to, if I'm going to join the Warriors, I want to join a Warriors team with Klay Thompson and Steph Curry opening the floor with me, not just Steph Curry opening up the floor for me. I think that they could do it with Andrew Wiggins and a bunch of first-round picks. You could throw in Eric Paschal and Jordan Poole, whatever it is. But if Andrew Wiggins is the contract matching mechanism and you, and you can get you know potentially two top-end lottery picks if you're Milwaukee, I still think that's a better package than Pascal yeah, Siakam and that first round You can toss in like an Eric Pascal. Whatever. Yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't really think that even moves the needle. And by the way, the war- the Warriors are going to have the TPE too. So you can go get a player with the trade exception who is a nice young player who can also be a part of that trade package. So now maybe it's Andrew Wiggins, a nice young player who's making $15, $16 million a year, whatever it is. Um, you know, Kelly Oubre, let's call it. Like, let's say Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, um, the number two pick this year and the, the Minnesota pick next year. And then you can take back um, Giannis and a bad contract that Milwaukee wants to get off of. And, you know, that's a pretty decent trade package. Yeah, yeah. And I think you maybe even include a couple more first-rounders. Um, it's probably, yeah, all of them. Just Paul George style. Just I mean, you're basically going to have to mortgage your, your future for the next four to five years. Worth it. Uh, doing this move but i think if the warriors can do it it's a complete no-brainer on their end i mean a lineup where you have steph clay draymond and Giannis is by far the best roster best lineup in the nba and i think uh i think would be i'm not gonna say lock but close to a lock to to be coming out of the West. So that's a lot. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot. yeah. 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 No, it'd pretty much be a lock. I mean, in some ways, uh, in some ways he even fits with the Warriors do better than Kevin Durant did. Um, I think it would actually be a little bit less of a learning curve for Giannis in the Warriors system than it was for KD. KD never really was like an ideal fit for the Warriors. He just was so talented that it didn't really matter. But I actually right. he, he that, became the Warriors. He became the Warriors system. Like that's one the reason why the Warriors led the league in mid range shooting for the last for the Durant years is because Durant was so good at it. Like he became part of the Warriors system just as much as Steph was. What you're saying is that Giannis fits what the system was prior to Durant and really what they want to do post Durant. Giannis fits that better, and absolutely, I would argue that that's the case. And you could play like Draymond Green and Giannis is your front court. Like Draymond Green could be your nominal center. Giannis could be your power forward. You fill somebody in there at small forward. It could be you or me, for God's sakes. And then you've got Clay and Thompson and Steph Curry there in the backcourt. Like that, that's an incredible roster. That, yeah, I mean, and if you, you know, don't have to trade Eric Pascal, Pascal could be your starting small forward. I mean, who cares? It could be Jordan Poole could be your starting small forward. It yeah, really doesn't I mean, matter. But Pascal was not a bad option as like a starter in this league. Um, and so, no, I absolutely. I love that for the Warriors. And and the, the thing too is, you know, you you can you can play the type of system that you want to play and you it, you can transition into the next era because like we said, Giannis is only 25. So, you know, he's going to be at the top of his game when 
Clay and Draymond and Steph are getting ready to retire or their production is declining substantially. Um, So he, you know, you're going to be able to rebuild on the fly and, you know, add pieces and, and you, you, you have a three to four year runway, which even without lottery picks or, or draft first round draft picks in the next few years, you know, is enough time to figure out that next generation and, and groom young guys for bigger roles. Well, realist, I mean, I can't, we're, we're, we're sitting here debating the merits or just talk really talking about the merits of adding Giannis, <laughs> which, and, and so talking about how it's such a good idea as if it were breaking news. But um, look, it, it would also extend Golden State's window dramatically. Like it would, it would, like how long, it, if Steph Curry can shoot the ball until he's 40 years old, that would be the window. It wouldn't be this three or four yeah. year window we're talking about. Yeah, it would be, bottom it would allow, yeah, it would allow Giannis to become the number one guy. And all he has to do is kick out to 40 year old Clay Thompson and 42 year old Steph Curry for the next 10 years. That's your window. I mean, he's that good as, as a, and, and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are that good as four spacers that that's really what we're talking about. Yeah. My bottom line is that whatever the Warriors need to do to get Giannis, they should do. And I'm kind of tired of hearing the refrain from Warriors fans of, Oh, I don't want to get like, it's not worth it if we have to give up Clay. Um, yes, it is. Okay, it's it's worth it if you have to give up Clay and Draymond. Okay, it, it is. We're talking about a generational talent who's twenty five years old. Okay, and Draymond has been up and down the past couple of years. He's in his thirties now. Clay, I think, as great as Clay is, and as great as Clay, you know, as great as great as his accolades are going to be going forward, he's a future Hall of Famer, no doubt he still is a complimentary piece. I mean, he's, he's never should be the number one option on any team. If he hypothetically did go to a Milwaukee, I don't even know how they'd really use him because his skill set is so complimentary to someone like Steph that I, 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 he doesn't really create his own offense. In some ways, it'd actually be better for Milwaukee to get Andrew Wiggins because at least he can create his own shot. Well, I think if you're Milwaukee, you would ask for Clay first, only because if you're going to do a rebuild, maybe you kind of look at what the Thunder have done and you say, all right, like we can get Paul George back in this scenario. We can get Chris Ball back in this scenario. And then you just go ahead and do it um, and just say, all right, like we're not going to build around Chris Paul, but at least now we have this asset that we can flip for something else. And so I think Clay Thompson on the open market is way more valuable than Andrew Wiggins. And that would be sort of the reason you ask for Clay. Um, you say, all right, let's let's get Clay back, showcase him after this bum knee situation, and then move him at the deadline or next or next summer. Um, but uh, I, I like I, I agree with you. If you're Bob Myers, you can't not trade. Ever. It's it's blank check. You know, if Giannis wants to come to Golden State, it's just a blank check situation, and you just make it happen, whatever the cost. Um, I still don't think it would cost all of that much. But if I'm the, and I've said this on your podcast before, and I feel like I'm just baiting myself at this point. But um, if I were the war, if I were a Warriors fan, like I wouldn't debate the merits of trading Clay Thompson or Draymond Green, like as far as the Warriors being better or not. But I do, I would have conflicting emotions about it. Like I think that's yeah. totally fair to yeah, be like, hey, we raised this team from the ground up. Like this is this is a homegrown team. I don't know if I want to completely get rid of everything that I grew to love with this team for, you know, Giannis and Steph and a bunch of shooters around them. Like, I think that's, a, I think that, that has, I think that's totally a fair way to feel if you're a Warriors fan. But then at the end of the day, this is a business. And 
um, the Warriors have to do what they have to do. And Absolutely. I, I, look, as weird as it would be to see like Clay Thompson in a Milwaukee uniform, and as depressed as I know Clay Thompson would be upon hearing that news, and how depressed. I, I, tears would be shed in the Warriors front office on that day. As happy as they would be to have Giannis, they would be so depressed and sad to see someone like Clay or Draymond leave because, you know, there is a human element to this. I mean, these guys were foundational to this dynasty and mean so much on a personal level to this organization. But, hey, you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's all about getting better and they got to do what they got to do. But my – one question I have for you is what's the timeline here? Like the assuming, assuming Giannis wants out of Milwaukee, how do you expect this to develop to develop? Like, does it, does this need to happen before draft night? Um, happen on draft night. It would happen right around draft night. What? It would happen like right around the draft because two days after the draft is free agency. And if you're Milwaukee and you're making this move, you want to at least be able to sort of retool your roster with free agency. Um, and at least, and sort of quote unquote, make the pick the number two pick. If you're the, if you're, if you're getting the Warriors pick or whatever pick you're getting in this round, in this draft. So it would probably, it would have to happen, you know, on draft night or, or the front offices would have to have an understanding like, Hey, this is going to happen go draft, you know, Anthony Edwards with number two or James Wiseman with number two, or, you know, whoever it is that Milwaukee wants with the number two pick, like draft him. And then we're going to make this deal happen. Like it would all have to sort of coalesce right in that, right around that time before the start of free agency. This could be a really interesting next couple of months, man. Um, I, I always, I always said that for, for this, for Giannis to leave Milwaukee, it'd have to be some sort of complete dud and in the playoffs and that is exactly what's happening i mean it's it's like the perfect storm of of events coming together at the perfect time for him to to potentially want out of milwaukee i mean i don't see a world where milwaukee salvages this i don't i don't know about you but uh i mean we don't even know if Giannis is playing today so if if Giannis isn't playing i can't imagine them pulling out another win and even if Giannis is playing, he's not going to be hundred percent and no team's ever come back from a three Oh deficit. So I just don't see it happening. I, I really don't either. I, I think the writing is pretty much on the wall. The only thing that can keep Giannis there is just his loyalty to Milwaukee. And by the way, just like one last thing. Uh, but this idea that, you know, Giannis came over from Greece and he might, and he doesn't feel the same way that all these American players did who like grew up in AAU and just kind of are joining winning teams and all this stuff. Like I know a lot of people kind of use that and they sort of project that onto Giannis. And that to me has never really made sense. Like I'm not really, I don't love trying to play like, you know, psychologist on these guys and try to get into their heads and figure out what they're thinking and guess what they're thinking. But that seems like really insulting to me that just because this guy grew up not in this country that he wouldn't have, like he wouldn't want to join a winning team or he wouldn't have some of these same values as, like think of whatever you would of like the AAU culture in the NBA right now, but to just assume that because he didn't grow up in it, that he wouldn't do this. It wouldn't have the same behavior. is kind of insulting. I think uh, the dude's been in Milwaukee for a long time right now. And anybody could tell you anything. Like once you're used to something, it doesn't really matter what you had before that. Like once you're used to something, you always want more like humans, regardless of whether you grew up in America or Greece, just sort of always want more. They want the next thing. And if Giannis is looking around right now and saying, I want more than this, 
then I don't care where he grew up and he's going to be ready for a change. Yeah. And um, I, I think, I, th- I don't think anyone can fault him for potentially wanting out if, if they, if they end up losing in five, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone can call him a snake or, or what have you, because look, he's given this franchise so much. And uh, I just don't think that Milwaukee's ultimately able to put the supporting cast around him that he deserves. I mean, if you think about it, the supporting cast that Kevin Durant had in Oklahoma city, was so much better than the supporting cast that Giannis has in Milwaukee. It wasn't even close. Well, he's got now the perfect excuse. Like Budenholzer can fall on the sword and every Milwaukee, every Milwaukee fan is going to blame Bud and not, and be like, of course, if you were Giannis, I like, if I was Giannis, I would leave too. Like, of course you're going to have like the fans that are upset with Giannis. Like that's never, like it's never going to be like zero fans are upset with Giannis, but um, this is sort of like the right time to say, you know what, this just isn't working. And the roster is in a place where it can't upgrade. Get me out of here. Yeah. Milwaukee's kind of in a similar spot that Toronto was when they just after the right before they ended up firing Dwayne Casey and you know making the play for for Kawhi. You know it's it's uh, they're they're at a major crossroads in their in their franchise. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, I still think it's a long shot for the Warriors to get Giannis, but it's becoming more of of a conversation and you know what especially at this time of year for us uh it's all about having that conversation so wes thank you so much for for joining me on the pod um where can our where can our listeners find your stuff um find me on twitter at wc goldberg i post links usually to everything i've got but you can read me at mercurynews.com or uh, listen to my podcast daily warriors podcast locked on warriors you can find me there too subscribe wherever you get pods our thanks to wes goldberg for joining me on the podcast i really enjoyed hearing his thoughts on Giannis. warriors off court is a production of the san francisco chronicle support warriors off court in the newsroom that creates it by signing up for a chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod Thank you.